Welcome to the Recovery Hour podcast, where we choose to recover out loud by sharing our personal stories of inspiration, hope, and triumph. Together, we can end the stigma and shame typically tied to mental illness and the disease of addiction. We are proof that recovery does happen. Joy and laughter may be involved. This is the Recovery Hour with Lori Winfeld. Welcome to the Recovery Hour. This is your host, Lori Windfeld. Thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot believe it is finally here, the end of 2020. There are so many things we could talk about today, (laughs) so many things we can discuss about the past year. But as we coaches often say, the past is the past. Be where your feet are. Let's move forward. And that's exactly what we're going to do and what we're going to talk about today. Typically around this time of year, we are discussing resolutions. Some of you may be ahead of the game (laughs) and have stopped making New Year resolutions and just decided altogether that was dumb. (laughs) And I appreciate you for knowing that. What the cool and hip thing is and has been is actually creating a word for the year. I love this concept. I love this idea. It still gives me a little bit of agita because I'm like, what the fuck is my word? But it's so much less pressure put on ourselves to create this massive resolution where we resolve to do X or to not do Y. And it's almost like if you grew up or if you are aware of the Catholic religion where there is, I don't even know that it's a celebration, but there is a period of time in April where the congregation gives up something in their life for Lent. And man, when we were kids, I would be like, I'm giving up chocolate. I'm giving up. I mean, I would really give up stuff that was hard. And I look back at that. I'm like, I can't believe my family didn't like let me just give up something that didn't matter. (laughs) I mean, I guess it defeats the purpose, but I was always set up for failure. So it started young. But I'm going to talk today about, you know, what the difference is between the word of the year, why I believe resolutions don't work. And then let's talk about intentions, what those are. We're going to talk about how to set intentions and what that even means. Intentions really serve as our guiding star, how we live our lives, reminding us of the kind of person we want to be and the kind of life we want to have. This is a lot easier (laughs) in my mind than creating a resolution where essentially it's a demanding word we place upon ourselves with zero room for failure. And frankly, we have enough of that in our lives. So today, no resolution, how to set intention, what's our word of the year. If you're sitting at home listening to this and have the opportunity to grab a pen and pencil, do it. I mean, you're going to learn some stuff. If you're driving, then just listen and think about the concepts we discuss and come back to it when you have time to sit with a pen and paper or your computer, your iPad, whatever you do. And you can really get your lists going and start focusing on this because, well, there ain't no time like the present because you only have a few days. Well, listen, who are we kidding? We have a few days until it's the first of the new year, but you really need to focus on making sure this is what you want it to be. So if it's a couple days 
I'm not even going to say the word late because then that just seems like it's failure. If you need a little more time, if you'd like to try doing this on the 3rd of January, shit, it'll still be here and you still have plenty of time to get it done. You would have 362 more days. For any of you that are not fancy in math, join the club, but I really thought about that one. So I'm going to start off with Anna McRae, who's from Results Coaching. You can find her online and look in the notes section. I will make sure that you have all the information about her. So Anna put together a really cool guide on how to set intentions for the new year. With that, she has a few exercises and a PDF that you can download. So again, I'll put this in the show notes. So please make sure to go and visit that. So she gets all the props for doing all the work. One of the things that she talks about is setting intentions instead of a New Year's resolution. Intentions give us space to focus on the journey instead of judging us only by the outcome. It also takes human nature into account and holds space for our mistakes while showing us the way forward, regardless of how many times we fall down. It's important to set intention instead of holding yourself hostage to resolutions because intentions allow you to give it your best and pivot as needed. Word of the year 2020, pivot, (laughs) without feeling like you've failed yet again. There's another article that I'm going to get to in a little bit, and it's from The Inc. or INC Magazine by Marla Tabaka. And what I loved about the opening of her article was talking about the data associated with New Year resolutions. So she says, if you're one of those rare people who actually achieve your New Year's resolution each year, congratulations, you are rare indeed. According to US News and World Report, the failure rate for New Year's resolutions is said to be about 80% and most lose their resolve by mid-February. If this is true, it's clear that there's nothing wrong with us The problem is in the tradition itself. One problem she believes is the psychology behind the word itself, resolution. It's a strong, demanding word. It screams, I must. It's a demand that we place upon ourselves and there's no room for failure. Yet, failure is pretty much inevitable. Most of us simply don't respond to this word and when we don't, we feel disappointed in ourselves, even ashamed. So why would anyone do this to themselves? good question. So we're not, we're actually not going to do this to ourselves. So I'm glad the question was asked because we're moving along and we're going to be cool and hip and pick a word of the year after we set some intentions. So back to Anna, how do we set intentions? So Anna suggests a concept that actually came from Brene Brown, writing out an ingredient list of joy and meaning, asking yourself, When things are going really well, what does it look like? So this gives you an idea of 20 things that bring you joy, both little and big. Categorize the things that came up in your list into different groups of values. So for example, if your list had things like, I make time to read, I take a new course, I watch documentaries, then learning and growing may be one of your values. If your list has things like, I go out for a walk, I have energy to play with my kids, I do yoga, then physical health may be one of your values. Make a final list of the five to seven values that you hold and write out things that you do that bring you toward your values and things you do that take you away from them. So one example that Anna puts in her article 
is, one of her values is being present. Anytime she focuses on her breath, goes for a walk, puts away her cell phone, practice gratitude, notice and appreciate something, listen when someone talks and accept what it is, she moves toward being present. Anytime she scrolls through social media, worries about her to-do list, interrupts someone who is talking, tunes out her kids, multitasks, she's moving away from her values. Knowing the specific actions that give you more of and less of what you want in your life creates a clear blueprint for how you can improve. Once your values feel authentic and right, you're ready to move on to the next step in setting your intentions for the year. So the next step identified is to identify the biggest gap. You can't improve everything all at once. The key to seeing growth in any area of your life is picking one thing to focus on and giving that your all. As you reflect on your values and the different areas of your life, think about which one needs the most improvement. Is it your health? Is it your mindfulness? Is it your commitment to your goals? Is it your career? Anna puts together a template with the most common areas of life that people care about. You can find this in the show notes. It's called a happiness wheel and it notes mental health, marriage, family, friendship, career, money, creativity, travel, learning, and physical health. Sometimes it won't be one clear category. It may be a general lack of satisfaction across all categories in one specific way. For example, Anna felt like she was not living in the present moment and was reacting to everything instead of proactively managing time, energy, health, and money. She wanted to be intentional with who she surrounded herself with, what she devoted her time to, where she focused her thoughts, and what she put in her body. Those areas of discrepancy and feelings of lack informed her where she needed to focus most on in the year 2020. The third step here is to define an inspiring intention for the year. Feelings dictate many of the actions in our lives. If you want to inspire yourself to change, you must define the intention that feels the most authentic to you. So if you've chosen physical health as the area that needs most focus in the new year, then your intention can't be to lose 10 pounds. What it could be is to fuel your body, to change your limits, to optimize your performance. You must tie your why into your intention so that the case for change is captivating. Anna, in 2019, her theme was to live intentionally. When she read those two words, she pictured a calm, centered, deeply content version of herself that was focused on what mattered and proactive in infusing her days with joy. Thinking of those two words throughout her day helped guide her choices and reminded her the way she wanted to show up. Easy peasy. Fourth and final step, create a clear picture of your vision. So the final step of creating a solid intention for the year is to tie it to a vision that you can see every day. You can capture your intention on sticky notes throughout the house. You can write your word out in calligraphy and frame it. You can create a background of your word on your phone, or you can go all out and create a vision board of a life lived in alignment with your values. Regardless of this format that you choose, make sure you've got a daily reminder of the intention for the year. All right, you know what you're gonna hear from everyone. What are you doing differently in 2021? Don't be afraid to answer that question. This is a great question, and as Anna says, it's a key to unlocking personal breakthroughs. And it doesn't have to be a resolution. 
It can be a simple way in which you're showing up as a more authentic version of yourself. It's absolutely a great chance to review who we are and what we want out of life. But you know what? So is today, and so is yesterday, and so is tomorrow. So don't put too much pressure on yourself, but think about those intentions. Another really exciting piece that I found for this podcast was something written by Jashira Maduro in the Thrive Global Community, 11 Healthy Intentions to Set for the New Year. So this is a little more on the same page as what we just talked about in setting intentions. But what's great about this is that there is actually some definition of different categories in the healthy sphere of intentions. What I loved about this is there's data and information relative to the pandemic and what's going on in health. So we can really hear the statistics and really hear what's happening in the world and how we might be part of that and how we can make good changes for the coming year. Jashira starts off with 2020 being a difficult year. The pandemic-related lockdowns wreaked havoc on many workers' finances while social isolation negatively impacted individuals' mental health. Most Americans, and this is 53%, reported that coronavirus-related stress had adversely affected their mental health, and this was according to Kaiser Family Foundation. So in other words, if you're feeling weighed down by 2020, you are not alone. Prior to the pandemic, which was between April and June of 2019, there were about 8% of adults experiencing anxiety symptoms and around 7% of adults having depressive symptoms. By that same time in 2020, those figures shot up close to 26% and 24% respectively, reported by the CDC. To avoid allowing the stress of 2020 to bleed into 2021, you'll need the right tools to cope with financial setbacks, support your emotional and mental well-being, and maintain good physical health. As we discussed, start by setting some intentions. And Jashira is going to talk about setting some healthy intentions and will identify what you need to develop habits from your goals. So being proactive will allow you to withstand future hardship while helping you move forward from the stress of 2020. Amen. Starting off with mental, practice radical acceptance and self-care. Since we can't change the current circumstances, there's no sense spending energy trying to deny your feelings about it. Radical acceptance is a technique that opposes our tendency to deny reality. It simply means accepting how things are and how that makes you feel. Once you've done that, you'll be able to have compassion for yourself and engage in self-care activities. Think meditation, bubble baths, naps, whatever else you might need. Take breaks to pursue something you enjoy. Make sure to recognize when you need a break and use the time to do something that fulfills you. Studies show that people who engage in hobbies are less likely to experience stress and depression. You might read a book or watch the sunset or do something creative or even learn something new. Music is an especially powerful way to manage stress, whether you practice playing an instrument or just listening. Also, seek help from a mental health professional. You won't always be able to manage anxiety and depression on your own, and luckily many professionals are offering virtual visits so you can get the help you need without putting yourself at risk of contracting COVID-19. You could also take advantage of an online therapy app. There are a few like Talkspace or BetterHelp. Financial, ooh, yeah. 
Financial is another pillar discussed here, and I have to just shout out to my friend Linda Parmar, who is going to be the next episode of the Recovery Hour. We have some really cool information upcoming, and Linda is not only a recovery coach, but also a money coach, and she has an awesome workshop coming up that is free, y'all. So we'll talk about that at next episode. Let's get back to Joshira and financial here. In the financial pillar, it's suggested to stock your emergency fund, to improve your credit score, and to boost your financial knowledge. Only 57% of U.S. adults are financially literate, so many of us could use some help understanding these concepts. Good news, plenty of free online resources that you can use, as well as helpful money podcasts that can aid in improving your financial knowledge. As I suggested, money coach Linda Parmar, and she also has a podcast we will put in the show notes for you to take a listen. Next as a pillar is physical. Develop an exercise routine. Exercise has been proven to decrease stress. Just five minutes of cardio can help calm anxiety. But since group fitness classes and public gyms aren't the safest options right now, We're talking to choose an outdoor activity like running or something you can do from the comfort of your living room. High intensity interval training or yoga. Lots of options on YouTube. Also, one of my faves is on the sherecovers.org website. There is a section there that you can go to about yoga. And one of the co-founders, Taryn Strong, is a trauma-informed yoga instructor and has amazing classes that you can join. She does free classes on Wednesdays in the community of She Recovers, and then she also has a membership that you can join on sherecovers.org. So make sure to check that out. Also, eat a healthy diet. People tend to reach for high-fat foods and sweets when they're stressed. Recent studies have shown that eating healthy foods can support stress reduction. So, ooh, let's get on that. And then, of course, get plenty of rest. We talk about this so often. Most Americans don't get enough sleep. According to the American Psychological Association, stress and anxiety can keep you up at night which begins a vicious cycle that only leads to more stress. To break the cycle, set up a calming bedroom routine. This is such a great idea. A cup of tea, a yoga flow, guided meditation, anything that helps you relax or take advantage of a sleep app. I have a lovely sleep app. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) And I'm really too lazy to go get my phone to find it. So I'm going to pop that in the notes. But I know some of the listeners, because we have discussed this, have issues with meditation. And I have to tell you, this app that I have is a guided meditation. So it's a voice with music in the background. And it even puts my stressed husband, stressed to the max, to sleep. And it's just one of those things, if you just focus on listening, just listen to the voice and listen to the music in the background. It's so soothing that it allows you to sort of shut off the noise and the rest of the mind. I'll put it in the show notes and you guys can download if you'd like. And of course, nothing I do is sponsored. Um, So feel free uh, to just, you know, go check everything out. And no, I'm not just telling you this because I'm getting money for it because I ain't getting shit. I'm just telling you this because it works for me. And that's what I'm here for. Last but certainly not least on the pillars of setting healthy intentions is social setting boundaries, whether this means physical, emotional, 
or psychological, setting boundaries is a crucial part of establishing your identity. Spend time thinking about what makes you uncomfortable in professional and personal settings, then create boundaries that help stop you and others for pushing too far. Whether it's telling your partner you need some alone time or telling a coworker you don't want hugs, communicate your boundaries with the other party so they understand how their actions impact you. So true here. People don't know what they don't know. Oh my gosh, how many times do I say that to my husband? I'd be like, how come you didn't tell me blah, blah, blah? He's like, I don't, you didn't ask. And I'm like, how am I supposed to ask? I don't know what I don't know. Just tell me everything, right? (laughs) Maintain strong relationships. Healthy social relationships can reduce stress, promote a healthy lifestyle, and even prolong your life. Work on communication. Oh God, don't we all have to do that? And share enjoyable activities with people in your household. Set the intention to listen to the people you love and respond with compassion. We talk about this. Listen to hear, not to respond. I'll say it again and listen up, buttercup. Ears out, ears up. Listen to hear and not to respond. Changed my world. All right. That was Jashira Maduro, and she's a marketer out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I popped her information in the show notes, so please give her some love. I'm definitely going to. What an awesome article and super helpful. So we set intentions. We know how to do that. Thank you, Anna. We have some healthy intentions to set. Thank you, Jashira. And now we are going to choose our word of the year. This is so fun. So I was introduced the word of the year. Like I said, this is sort of a hip thing that was going on. And this was happening a long, long time ago in the world of cool peeps. I had my head in the sand somewhere, I don't know, in a bottle of wine probably. But uh, last year I was very alive and well and open to other people's lives and not just my own. And my BFF, Heather, actually chose a word, which I loved, and it was exciting. And I'm like, what are you doing? But everything she did, she was hashtagging like crazy the word joy. Hashtag joy. Everything has hashtag joy. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I get it. You're so joyful and joyous and joy, joy, joy. But like, why does everything have joy? So she explained it to peeps on social media, and I loved it. It was the beginning of the year. She chose joy as her word of the year and focused on that. And I have to tell you, I think it was difficult while we talk about it must be easier than a resolution, but to really focus on that one thing and to remind yourself that's what's important to you and how to get back to that in every sense of the word. And so for her, it was joy. And I mean, you know, if that goes to every part of your life, we're talking family, relationships, friends, work, children. I mean, there's a lot of shit you got to find joy in. Yeah, so joy it was. And that was sort of my introduction to the word of the year. But it goes back years ago. And as I said earlier, there was a magazine article in Inc. or INC magazine from Marla Tabaka. Most people fail to achieve their New Year's resolution. For success, choose a word of the year instead. So we talked about this, the resolution, it being a strong and demanding word. It screams you must. And basically, there's a failure rate of 80%. Okay. Well, 
we're not doing that today. I mean, listen, if you guys want to do whatever the hell you want, I don't care. You want to make a resolution, make a resolution. I'm telling you, I'm not going to do that. And I'm helping you do what you want. I'm introducing you to something different. Maybe you already know about it. I'm introducing myself to something different. And I feel like I need to share with you, my listeners. <laughs> so, ay, 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 Lorianne, here we go. We are unreasonable about resolutions. Lord, is this not the truth? Who, who's talking over here? What's this guy's name? Oh, <laughs> this guy's name is Marla. Hi, Marla. Oh my gosh, I love this. Listen, we are unreasonable about resolutions. Have you ever started off the new year resolving to do something that either you've never succeeded at before or haven't done since a major life change? Yeah. So ask yourself if your new year's resolution coincides with who you are as well as where you are in life. Are you asking yourself to be more disciplined about your business by achieving a list of things you've never done before? Bad approach. It's likely that it has nothing to do with a lack of discipline at all, and it probably goes deeper than that. Perhaps you lack passion or clarity or inspiration. This is where the focus needs to go. So it's suggested by Marla to try a new approach. And this is what she's done for years and works. And what she says is that she's in good company with Melinda Gates and many other people who practice this far more effective, gentle method of creating positive change. So identifying the word of the year. Yep. A single word that reminds her how she can fully support herself in creating a positive life. So try a new approach. And she's been doing this for years and so has Melinda Gates. So, hey, it's far more effective, gentle method of creating positive change. Marla identified a word of the year one single word that reminds her how she can fully support herself in creating a positive life change and achieving her most important goals. A word of the year can also identify something that is needed or wanted to equip yourself to move to the next level of success. Examples of a word of the year. In one word, the author here needed was clarity. There are many ways to define most words and her definition of clarity meant that she would relax and trust that the answers would come and that she would soon be absolutely clear about her next step. She wrote the word on a heart-shaped sticky note and put it everywhere, repeated it like a mantra many times a day and most effectively created a little statement, you could call it a prayer or an intention, that she read out loud twice a day before sleep and upon waking. Within three weeks, she woke up with the answer. As the solutions occurred to her, she knew with absolute faith that the changes would work. Within days, she made the adjustments to the business model, and they began to work almost immediately. How to determine your word of the year? Well, you need to determine your realistic goals. Think about the things you'd like to achieve this year. Be realistic and be kind to yourself. Don't tempt failure by burdening yourself with unrealistic expectations. Identify what will inspire and support you. Think about who you need to be to feel inspired and develop the character to achieve these things. What mindset will help you to move forward? In 2016, Melinda Gates chose the word gentle. It functioned as a reminder to go easy on herself, to fight the pull of perfectionism and to encourage others around her to do the same. What one word encapsulates what you want and who and how you need to be to get it? What is one word that describes the mindset that best supports your overall goals? What word might inspire you to be your best self? 
because when you are your best self, you will achieve your goals. Amen, Marla. So what do you do once you select your word of the year? Well, you get creative. You write about it. Define what your word means to you. One simple word can capture limitless inspiration and many meaningful feelings. Use your word as a mantra. Whether or not you create an affirmation, a prayer, statement, or whatever works for you, use your single word as a mantra throughout each day. Set it in your mind's eye by creating a mental image that captures its meaning. And then you can share it. Sharing can serve a purpose. For some, it might be putting it out there on social media. It's a proclamation of intended success. Or you can share your word with your partner or your best friend, and it gives them the opportunity to support you in some way. So lastly, let go of that resolution mentality. This process is supposed to be a gentle one, and please make sure not to confuse gentle with weak. This is a very powerful practice. It's way more effective to gently focus on a word like health than command yourself to get to the gym. As you inspire yourself toward good health, it's likely that you'll find a way to achieve it. So make sure that your word feels good to you, not pushy or demanding love this article. Just tons of wisdom. I can feel it. Marla is interested in what our words of the year are. So please tweet it, hashtag it and include her so she can support us at Marla Tabaka. And you know, this will be in Zishol Notes. Last but certainly not least, let's take a peek into the world of Elizabeth McKnight. She went on to actually provide 100 ideas for the words of the year. How freaking cool is that? And she used the following quotes to help guide her choice, which I think is awesome. Do one thing every day that scares you, Eleanor Roosevelt, and life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And that was by someone by the name of Unknown. (laughs) So... I mention Elizabeth here because I really love the fact that she's provided 100 words. Sometimes you just have to see, for us visuals, you have to see some things to really get you started. And that's not, you know, oh, she's copying me, blah, blah, blah. It is just like, oh, hey, that's a great idea. I didn't realize that could have been a word or oof, I didn't even know that word, but that definitely speaks to me. So I'll put it in the notes, but definitely go online and download this PDF. Of course, you'll have to give your email, but I think it will be worth it because she's put the work in. So let's do it. Also, Melissa talks about the theme of a word of the year setting to your goals and direction for the new year. So once you've picked your word, set it as your phone's lock screen. You could write it on the bathroom mirror and dry erase mirror, or some of you wackos might want to use some lipstick. Uh Uh-huh. Frame it for your desk or your nightstand, and then keep it in the forefront of your mind and use it to set smaller monthly goals throughout the year. I love this. I think that's just such great advice. And I'm telling you, I've already picked my word, which I'm so excited about. And of course, it scares me. I mean, it does because my word's strong, you know, just like we were talking about in the other article from Marla, that it is a powerful exercise. And yeah, it scares me a little bit, but I am going to share with you the word I chose after I pop out some of the ones that Elizabeth put in. Did I call her Melissa earlier? Oh my God, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay, Elizabeth McKnight has listed a bunch of words and I'm just going to pop through a few of them. These are just ideas. Balance, bold, calm, commitment, delight, discipline, faith, 
forgiveness, friendship, grace, glow, intentional, integrity, humility, listen, love, nourish, organize, present, radiant, reset. Ooh, I like that one. Sparkle, tranquil, zen. Ooh. So like I said, I'll put this in the show notes and you can download the PDF and let's give her some activity on her website since I am referencing her information. And again, I just love to do that because it's already created. Why recreate the wheel? It's all information that I've researched online and I've spent hours doing so and picking the ones that I feel definitely align with my intentions. So I hope that you feel the same and are appreciative of the work that everyone's doing to provide resources. Okay, so that's it. Eek. Okay, it's really not it because you want to know my word, don't you? You're dying to know. I know it. Well, here we go. I wish I had really fancy tech stuff because then I could do a drum roll. Let's see if I can do it. <laughs> I really need to get some funding for this podcast. Okay, here we go. My word of the year for 2021 is... Okay. 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 Just kidding. Focus. (laughs) F-O. Nah. Scared you. You thought I was going somewhere else with that F. F F-O-C-U-S. Focus. My tendency in life is to get distracted by pretty much everything and anything. And by that, I mean, I try to work from home and instead of actually getting any work done, I get distracted by dishes in the sink. I get distracted by laundry piled up, beds not being made, doorbells being rung because FedEx is here. I mean, just random shit. And I don't focus. And I have a really hard time doing that, not only because of my own mental, I don't even want to say issues, but it's fucking issues, okay? I got mental issues. I cannot sit and just do one goddamn thing. I can't. (sighs) My brain is too busy. So... I tend to take on too much and a lot of the stuff I'm taking on or have taken on because I am trying to really focus. (laughs) See what I did there? I'm really trying to focus on not doing things that are unnecessary. So like last year for me, there were a few groups that I was like, oh yeah, that'll be easy. I'll just participate and volunteer my time and became nightmare situations. And mostly because it wasn't providing me with anything that I really needed to nourish myself or my children or my family. And that's really what my goals are. That's really what my priority is. So, um, you know, I have to just stop doing that. And again, focus on what's important. So for me, that's this podcast. And what can I do to better this podcast? What can I do to ensure I get more listeners through the next year? What can I do to focus on getting my amazing current listeners to actually go onto Apple and or Spotify and hit the damn review button and say, I love this podcast. I mean, I'm going to focus on that and figure out how to get it done. That's what's going down. So be prepared, peeps. And then I have shit going on at home that seriously... I need to focus on the few things and just make them amazing instead of like giving a little bit to here and there. And then of course, I am clearing my time to continue focusing on my volunteer efforts with sherecovers.org because it is my favorite nonprofit organization that I'm involved in. 
even more so than my own Dry Society Social Club. And I just love everything about the organization and love being a part of it and will continue to focus on my growth with them. So that's what's happening this year for LL. If you don't know me as LL, that means you don't know me. My maiden name was Lent, L-E-N-T, similar to what we discussed earlier, the Catholic, I don't know if it's a holiday, observance. I didn't really pay attention in CCD classes, so I'm not really sure exactly what any of it means. I just went through the motions. And that was essentially me not having chocolate between Good Friday and Easter and having fish on Fridays. That's all I remember. Something about Jesus has risen. (sighs) I am sure there are grandmothers rolling over in graves right now, really disappointed in (laughs) my religion teachings. I mean, this is the thing. ADHD, ADD, whatever. It existed back in the day, but nobody labeled it. Nobody took you to the doctor to figure it out. So this is what happened. I'd go to church. I'd follow. My freaking priest spoke in Latin. So how am I supposed to figure that shit out? And then they burned incense that put my ass to sleep or I was allergic to. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I did my Hail Marys. I kneeled when I was supposed to, and listen, I ate fish on Fridays. Oh boy. So that's the spiel. That's what's happening. 2020 is gone for good. Some really great memories. You know, we have had a ton of shit go down this year, and I mean, I can't even, I don't even remember a lot of it. I mean, I like think back for a second I was doing this when we did we have some we had an awesome Christmas card this year and I did some wordplay on the back of the card it sort of looked like a a wall filled with graffiti and I was putting down like some of the timeline actions that happened and it's unfortunate that you know a lot of that was just fucking crap But one of the things, not that I have forgotten that it happened, but I just can't believe it was still this year because it seemed so long ago. But one of the first tragedies that went down was Kobe Bryant and um, his daughter and friends helicopter crashed. And that just seems like an eternity ago. And the fact that that sort of started the year, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me. So I hope you had an enjoyable time reflecting. That's what I just did. (laughs) I just reflected. I mean, I was, you know, gosh, teaching kids in, I had a kindergartner and a first grader basically for three straight months. Like who'd have thought? And now I have a fucking puppy. If anybody, I keep going back to, if anybody knows me, you guys are getting to know me well, but I have a puppy. I've only had a puppy one time in my life and I gave it away after several months or probably weeks if you ask my husband because like, no, who had time for that? But I found the cutest, most adorable thing and he is just the love of everyone's life and the light of our life here and has become such a part of the family and it's just awesome. But who'd have fucking thunk? <laughs> 2020 has been a strange year, bitches, but uh, it is what it is. And one thing amazing that has come out of 2020 is the fact that the recovery hour exists. First episode was in August and it was Amy Dresner and she was amazing to be what we considered the guinea pig of the recovery hour. If you haven't listened to that episode, pop on over to episodes in whatever platform you're on and check it out. Amy Dresner. She was my first episode. And then what else is there? Oh, Dara. 
Dara Meyer is at this point the most downloaded episode of the Recovery Hour, which is so exciting. Thank you, Dara, for coming on. We had such a great time and she's such a hoot. Listen to that if you want some laughs and to learn a little bit about Purple Martinis and Montauk. Is it Montauk? I don't fucking know. Some fancy place in Long Island. (laughs) And her husband, Ray, will be really embarrassed that uh, we talk about their sex life. So I love all your faces. You know that. Thank you so much for listening. To those of you that are new, welcome. I appreciate you downloading this episode and anything else that you want to explore or that you choose to explore. And for those of you that have been listening from the beginning, my heart goes out to you and I'm so grateful that you're listening. I see the growth in the numbers and that just basically solidifies that what I'm doing means something because people continue to listen. And that's really the only way for me, it's the only way I can measure success because there isn't any other, there really isn't any other way to do that here. It's not a paid gig. It's not advertising. It's just listeners. So keep on keeping on. If you got a minute, shoot this over to some of your friends. I hope you learned something. I hope you find a word of the year. Why don't we do this? I think we should. Let's do a social media thing. Okay, 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 okay. Let's do Instagram because most people seem to have that. I don't do Twitter, so we can't do Twitter. So Instagram, we're going to hashtag the Recovery Hour podcast. Then we're going to hashtag word of the year. Is that what, what's her name? We have to do what Marla said. Oh, no. She just wants us to include her in the tweet. Oh, she's a tweeter. Okay. So we'll figure out if she has Instagram. Okay. So we're going to Instagram. Hashtag word of the year. Hashtag the recovery hour podcast. And at the end of January, I'm going to go through all of the posts. So this will give you some time. So at the end of January, I will go through the posts that have both hashtag the recovery hour podcast and hashtag word of the year. And one of you lovely listeners and participants in this little game I've just created will win an awesome piece of swag from the recovery hour swag store. Oh, what's that you say? There's a swag store? Well, yes, there is. Hop on over to therecoveryhour.com and you'll see it's there. And if you don't see it there, then I just gave you the wrong website and you can always go to lauriewindfeld.com and that'll definitely take you to the store. All right, it's time to say goodbye. Obviously, I don't want to because I keep talking. You don't want to either because you're still listening, but it is what it is, peeps. I will be back super soon with Linda Parmar, who is the money coach, funny as hell. I got her to tell a couple secrets about her hall passes, and she's just got some shit to talk about finances, and finances can be fun too. So don't be scared. Just listen. That's it. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Hour podcast. Successful podcasts equal subscribers and good ratings. Please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. To learn more about me, your host, Lori Windfeld, jump on over to therecoveryhour.com. Here you'll find information on my coaching and speaking practices, as well as information on guests of the show. If you're still listening to this and you haven't subscribed to my mom yet, what are you doing? You're lame. Let's go do it right now. All right, all right. Calm down. Sorry about that. He's just really excited for this to be successful since I 
I've been spending all of my free time on this project and not with him. While you aren't lame, as my son suggests, I would really appreciate a few minutes of your time to subscribe. While it doesn't seem like much, it really does help my goal in spreading the word of recovery. Until next time, let's continue to inspire, live, and give.